0: for the movie Venom, Age of Carnage.
1: No, no, no. Let there be carnage. Let there be carnage. Let there be carnage. <laughs> I'm Jerry Bennett. <laughs> and I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us on this podcast where we decide who does the better venom. You're welcome. <laughs> Jerry does. I don't want to do it anymore. My voice hurts. This is a terrible <laughs> yeah. idea. Before
0: this, you're like, oh, my throat's so
1: sore. Then you're out here like, let there be carnage. Oh, Jesus. Let there be carnage. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us. We are a podcast dedicated to everything Marvel Cinematic Universe is this Marvel Cinematic Universe this movie I don't know we're going to talk about it you are going to spoil the heck out of it we're going to give you all the information we can about it and hopefully you enjoy what you hear either if, way
0: if you we, we will set aside a part for the major spoiler separately so we won't we won't talk about that right away so in case you do want to see it We'll tell you when we're going to start talking about the moment that is really the only reason to see this movie, and there really is no reason to see this movie. Uh, But So there'll be spoilers for the movie, but we'll save the big one for
1: later, so if you want to not know what happens, you'll have a moment. Continue. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you thought about this movie. Let us know if you have any questions. Let us know if you have any opinions. Go to Facebook.com slash podcast. Easiest way to connect with us and join the conversation. Also go you can send us an email Brothers podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Bennett Bros pod We would love to hear from you because we like you out there we like you people Speaking of we haven't talked to you people in some time so it's great to be on here again with Jerry and we're gonna talk about these Marvel movies and I know we have a TV show called What if and people have asked us, what if you guys did a podcast <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the season and I said, "Well, dang it, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to do a podcast kind of wrapping up all of What If because we did not feel it was good for us to do each individual episode." And after watching a bunch of them, I conclude that was the correct decision. So, stay tuned for that, but in the meantime, we're going to talk about this episode here. We did have some initial thoughts. In fact,
0: let me play for you those initial thoughts. This is from when we went to see it at the theater on Saturday. It was Joel, myself, and my son Nick. Because we went to go see it, so you don't have to. Here's what we thought. We, we just saw Venom.
1: Venom. Let there be carnage. Enter the carnage. Enter the said, carnage. Yeah, I don't care. You can't believe they said the name of the movie in the movie? It, and they he also said, said carnage four protector.
0: times, yes. Okay, so we just saw <laughs> the movie... It was 90-some minutes, and it was the longest 90 minutes. Uh, What gentlemen are you? We're in the car, obviously. This is uh, the Bennett brothers all the way around. Joel and I, and uh, Nicholas is here, my oldest. What did you guys think of that movie
1: that we just witnessed? Well... (laughs) Because I think we're going to give a deeper, in-depth... Oh, yeah. this, but... A uh, very weak story. It was very... there's. If I was to point out all the plot elements, they stretched it out as far as they could. They really didn't get into the depth or any sort of storytelling metaphors or building on anything. It just is kind of like, we're going to have carnage. He's going to break out, has a loved one. There were some riddles in there that I guess he investigated, reported... And then, so, but that being said, the story was very lacking. Couple of good funny humor bits. I wish the humor was better because the best part of the movie is Venom. He's the best part of the movie. I can see him in other Marvel movies interacting with characters, and I would enjoy seeing that because I think he's interesting. I don't think Eddie Brock is an interesting character in any way. I don't think Tom Hardy does anything great in this. So,
0: adding a a comic character to the Marvel universe coming up, you have a choice: Venom or Deadpool. Which one you want to? I'm going to take Deadpool because yeah, he's much funnier. He's much funnier than. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's. It's interesting because I mean, obviously, what's Venom? What's Venom's thing? Venom is Venom and Eddie Brock. They wrestle with him coming out and all that kind of stuff. So he's the Hulk, basically, right? The Hulk from Infinity War doesn't want to come out, and they wrestle with. So the same, it's the same character. That's why I was hoping for more humor out of Venom because he's a very funny character when he's funny, when he's a fish out of water. So that that I did not care for the movie. I think the first movie is much better. that was my point is i was gonna say i I didn't like the first movie
0: the first movie was better it was it's a better story
1: like and that's like but let's
0: ask nicholas nicholas you have grown up with venom with the playstation games and the comic books you grew up loving that
2: The very first video game I ever played was Spider-Man on the PlayStation 1. And that's the only reason I don't mind silly, funny Venom, who's also kind of a good guy, because they did it perfectly in that game. If I hadn't played that, I would want Venom to be this horrifying monster that I've read in all these comics that I've read. But, you know what? They have the character. They're at least, obviously, spoilers for the final end credit thing. But apparently Venom looks like he's going to be part of the MCU. I don't know how permanently that's going to be because they're just sort of leaving the world behind. I don't mind, but uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. Okay, on. so
0: my question I had to you when we were in the theater is: had you seen this movie as an eight-year-old today, do you think you would have liked it more, as opposed to being <laughs> yeah, an well, adult now?
2: You like everything more when you're an eight. I know, but you look. Would you, you actually walk out look out at the this movie theater way? thinking you're the character? I guess in every my question is: is would you
0: walk out of this going? Oh my god, that was incredible because no. that's the venom I wanted. No,
2: because oh, even I. even if I was younger I'd think, why is he saying, I am the lethal protector? as he gets up and he's like, What's going on? And there will be maximum carnage or whatever he says and I'm just like, what? This, this... That's
1: okay though. Those are those are just lines in the I movie know, and you but... forget about lines and
2: Toy Story has adult jokes that's in it true. that kids don't get. That's true. I would say, Would you bring your eight year old to see this movie? That's another good question. It's a, there's, No, it's it's weird. I mean, I guess, if this, a, I guess. Is, if this
1: is technically the MCU now, is that the first F-bomb we get? Don't know. I think that might be the first F-bomb in the MCU. Doesn't matter. That's okay. I mean, well, it doesn't matter, but it does matter. We Remember when we had the first F-bomb in Discovery on Star Trek? First F-bomb in Star Trek, and we talked about it. So like, it does matter to a degree because... So, you know. I, how do you bring in Deadpool? Because he's really graphic. and. All right. I, just, I, I wish I would have said that's okay so
0: I wouldn't have to keep talking about the moment. Yes, it was great. Uh, this is terrible. I thought, I, I thought, again, this movie. We'll talk more in depth of it. God damn. Bad movie. Bad movie, Sony. You 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 are terrible. You're terrible, Sony. Oh my god, you're terrible. I
2: will say they make great Spider-Man games with great stories and great characters, but they don't, I don't know, they just, they need they they need those people working on it. I mean that, here's a, here's a, that's good a question. video game company, so they won't do it, but they need people like that who can do it and are fans of the source material.
0: Good question for you. Is this movie, simple question, yes or no? Is this movie better or worse than Amazing Spider-Man 2?
2: It's better because that movie's awful. Yeah, okay. I hate that movie.
0: Okay. It's
1: interesting. Well, I, I, here's the other, like, because you look at some of the people that are behind this movie. Andy Serkis was the director. Tom Hardy actually was credited as a writer on this so movie. So what? do I, what, I know, what's, I'm, I'm what's saying, his writing, what, what is saying, his writing skill? Well, Marvel though? gives you, usually, are some pretty unique directors. Uh, who are putting their vision and stuff lately? That's what they've been doing. Is this movie? Could this movie have been better with a better director, a director who has vision and not no
0: terrible circus. movie because of Sony? Really boring. Terrible. Oh, yeah. right, oh, that's a
1: huge I, point. Good point.
2: Right boring. Up until, right up until Cletus Cassidy escapes, that's when I started to get like, okay, this is more interesting. Now we have an actual serial killer symbiote who's like brutally so sort of like threw a truck off of a bridge for no reason. like, that's. Can so you refresh my memory? I, I got, I got, like, let,
0: let those individual moments. I'm just. Can, can I'm you talking, refresh my memory? It's all about general yeah. stuff. You're
1: right. Can you refresh so, my memory though? Why did Cletus want to talk to Eddie?
0: Because he wanted to be friends. It's weird, yeah. Because he wanted to be friends. Why
1: with him and not with any of the other the, that, people in the world? That is the least oh, no, moment of no, no, problem. I'm serious. You so, know, here's, I here's
0: I know the first movie. There's a Eddie couple. the first movie. There's a couple questions we'll have. That's a question. Maybe we'll get into a depth. Let's throw that. Here's a question to I want you to think about so the next time we talk about it is why did the character of Shriek, after she had theoretically taken out her rival, the cop, why did she look to Ed, uh, to Carnage and go, this is too much. Yeah, what was that? Was that like so she could use her powers against? Him? I wanted to know that. There's so many stupid parts. So,
1: I that, that mean, the, again, I know. Like,
0: well, again, yeah. we're at the end of our car ride. We're back home, so we will be. This was our initial thoughts. We're going to talk about this more in the podcast, uh, which will be right after this. After I stop talking here, but that was our we'll initial hate, thoughts. It talking. was terrible. So those were our initial thoughts, and. We were not real positive on the movie, as you can tell, uh, when it came to the first Venom movie, which was only two years ago or three years ago, it's 2018, well, COVID year or whatever, uh, we weren't really huge on that one either, and I liked that one more, shockingly, after all is said and done, and I thought this was going to be the one I'd like more, and that's what people talked about that like more, and I like the first one more, and that's not high praise. And I like the first one more than you like the first one. So, and <laughs> I've only watched the first one one time, and I've tried, I've seen a couple scenes here and there. I just don't. Again, you're not the huge remember of the. Uh, you don't remember a lot about it either because you completely forgot that she Venom was in the movie until I showed you.
1: Yeah, well, she Venom is such a, the the character of she Venom. Yeah, it was it was his she Venom. It was uh, what's her name wearing the costume. Like it's mm-hmm. not she Venom. Like you didn't Michelle you know, Williams. Yes. So I, we had this conversation, and then I've, I've obviously sat with this movie. We've, we've sat with this movie for a while, and I'm in the same headspace as I kind of was after leaving the theater. So you don't have to repeat that. No, no, no. What, 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 I'm going to, what I'm going to state is, is this a good sequel versus a bad movie? Because I did see somewhere online where someone compared this movie to Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, and it it has all the same plot beats. Like, he loses his powers, he befriends someone, and then they become the villain, and they're connected in that way, and, it, you know, there's all this, he, he they have to get his powers back, and he comes and has a big battle at the end, and some weird structure. They, they go through all the plot beats, and they're exactly the same. And Spider-Man 2, I consider to be one of the greatest superhero films I've ever made. That film is fantastic. But I don't feel like that. I don't feel that way that with this one, and so I don't know if it is a good sequel because we get right to the point and we get right into it. But I still stand by what I said earlier. It's a, it's a non-existent story, and I stand by.
0: It doesn't matter if it's a good sequel or not. It's a bad movie. It could be a great sequel. If it's a bad movie, who cares? Yeah, you know what? True. I will tell you this. Electric, you know, Breakdancing 2, Electric Boogaloo is a good sequel to Breakdancing 1. It's a terrible movie, but it's a good sequel. But it's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. If this movie had been called Venom 2, Electric Boogaloo, it might have been a better film. I hate hate doing a podcast about something we don't like. We've done it a few times (laughs) in humans, and it's not what fans really want to hear. And I don't want to do that. So I'd like to, before we go too dark down there... Let's kind of talk about what worked cuz I think you should give some positive. And my 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 main thing, I've been thinking about what did I like about this movie? Obviously, special effect-wise, they're fine. They get the quality levels there, the money's there and everything. I think what worked more than once and I know this is your favorite probably is the humor that Venom has the one-liners, his F-word sequence, that moment. Those are funny. To a certain degree. You think they're funnier
1: than I do, but I do enjoy them. They are the best part of this movie. Well, Tom Hardy mentions that he tried to base these movies off The Odd Couple. It's about Venom and uh, Eddie Brock living together. And I wish they would have leaned harder on that because The Odd Couple is fun. It's funny. It's a good time. I think funny. they leaned hard time. enough. What's that? I think they leaned hard enough. I would rather spend
0: less time with them and more into an actual story. A story with an action, adventure, characters that I cared about and let the odd couple parts play out over a
1: better story. Yeah, oh, I, think you any can, story. Yes, I think you could do both. Uh, but I'm saying if they don't have a good story, they definitely need to lean into it harder. Because obviously the one, an example in the MCU of a movie that has an odd couple feel to it is Thor Ragnarok. You have Hulk and Thor together, you know, kind of they're both odd but they you have them together and that works cuz the story is good the story is really good so therefore the humor and the odd coupleness can flourish but if you're not going to have the good story at least go hard <laughs> into the comedy and the odd coupleness of it so that that being said i that was my favorite part like i mentioned in the uh do you have anything else that would you would say wow that was
0: great that was great you can't talk about the scene at the end. We'll talk about the scene at the end
1: at the end. Can I talk about the Daily Bugle then? <laughs> that's
0: the, no, it's the scene at the end. I know that you see that the... Daily Bugle's not at the end. It's, I know. Yeah. You
1: see something that says Daily Bugle. It's the same masthead it. that is used in the so, Spider-Man movie. So nothing is what I'm hearing. But it's the same one. like the. Unity so Copying I'm not hearing over. anything you liked about oh, this film. yeah. <laughs> I don't care about that stuff. I want to talk about, let's see, what's good about this movie. I, okay, so I think the relationship between Shriek and Carnage... Or at least uh, the human form. I, I, the, the, even the love triangle that's there, I think that was pretty good. Triangle? Yeah, because you have Carnage and uh, Woody Harrelson's character's name. That's one person. Well, but they, but that's not one person. But they're both in love with her? No. So it's not a triangle. It's a love – Carnage isn't – what is it? Cletus. Our, uh, Carnage is in love with – wants Cletus, so he's infatuated. Does he? I, or know, is he using him as a he's means using to an end? He's using him as a means to an end, the same way Cletus I guess I'm is just I'm trying to figure there's out. There's a if there three was a- person triangle. How's that sound? It doesn't have to okay. be a love triangle, okay. but there's a three person triangle.
0: I will say that. Those I did two, like that. I will say that. Here, coming into this, just like before, Venom has never been my, my character in the comics. It's a fine character, it's a character that was created as a villain, became popular as a villain then became an anti-hero, Punisher storyline, although Punisher was designed a little bit more that way. So it's a character that, hey, let's turn the Joker into a good guy, and that's what they've done in the comics because it looks cool. And then, so what do you do? You create characters, variations of him that'll never be cool, that never be good, like Carnage. You attach it to a serial killer. So then Venom is definitely better than Carnage. And there is other goop monsters that they fight all the time I'm sure when they make a third one of these it'll be venom versus goop the third because it's you know it's fighting goopy creatures each episode and so I, I do I don't go into this going oh yes they're finally doing these characters and I have no love for any of these characters like oh no don't kill off this character Doesn't mean I don't know who they are. Doesn't mean that if they didn't turn it around, like I'm not the huge Deadpool fan, but the movies make me really like the character more. So that's an example of a movie that's made the character
1: better for me. Exactly, if I remember correctly, you are also like, you're not a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Common-wise.
0: No, no, I, 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 no, no, no. there's a difference. Deadpool, or Doctor D- Strange. Deadpool would be a character that I, I kind of dislike sometimes because it gets so obnoxious. And same with Venom and Carnage, I kind of dislike sometimes. I never dislike Guardians of the Galaxy. I never dislike Doctor Strange. I find Doctor Strange sometimes in the comics when it's his own story a little boring unless it's incredibly well written. And guess what? There's not a lot of incredibly well written Doctor Strange stories that people go, oh, you've got to read. They say The Oath because that's one thing, but there, there's not a lot versus most characters have multiple story arcs. Doctor Strange always works better for me in a, 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 a capacity of assisting somebody else or working with them. I don't want to get off, but when it comes to Venom, so I, my point is that I don't care for the character, but I go into this hoping it's going to be good, uh, I like the humor, but everything else just kind of goes back to the fundamental, for me, why I don't really care for the character in the comics. It's just not, not it doesn't draw me in. There's no likability to it now the character of eddie brock is a character that has been all over the comic books in different variations and forms and venom has attached himself to other the the, the venom cindy Biette has attached himself to besides eddie brock uh he was attached to flash thompson who in the comic books lost his legs in a war and so he becomes the lethal protector and it's a totally different version i actually kind of like that version from what little i've read of it uh, and then eddie brock comes back and especially when there's movies But Eddie Brock has never been a character that you love. In fact, he used to be even more of a slime ball. But because Venom was so popular, they kind of had to make him a little bit better. And there are good comic books that have done good stuff with them. And as Nick said in the uh, early part there, he loves the character in the initial video game that he played as a kid. And they played that game ad nauseum, baby. Oh, my God. I've heard that. You know, Parker. You know, it's just a thousand times I've heard that. If coming from the TV set in the living room. So there is there is an appeal to that character, a lot of people, but I'll be darned if I can find it in this movie. And I, and I think maybe a better writer or a Marvel writer or somebody who's not Sony maybe could have taken the character and done something, done more justice with it and have, gives me hope for a future appearance if and when the character may show up in a MCU movie versus a spunk Movie, which is the Sony Pictures universe of our, uh, Spider-Man characters, um, it's terrible. It's like, oh, I got some spunk on my teeth, on my uh, my shoe. So, yeah, that's about as positive I can get with them unfortunately. And if you're a big Venom fan, I'm sorry, but that's just this one. I wanted to like it. I came into it positive. Well, I shouldn't say I came into positive. I came into it looking for positive, and it didn't work. And I have a lot now. On the other side when we get into it, if you want to right now, you could say,
1: what doesn't work? Well, I haven't finished my positives. That's why I said, so go ahead, lay all the positives. But again, I don't have much more to go with that, but I will say that Woody Harrelson does a good job. You know, it's... It's Woody Harrelson. He's been in every franchise, <laughs> so he's not he's he's not uh, a stranger to doing great stuff in great franchises. Did you feel like every time you saw him on there, you're like, all right, here we go. It's Woody
0: Harrelson. This is going to be great, or just like no, I, like thought did, I thought he I thought he did a
1: fine job with a crazy character. The problem again, this is a writing thing. This is a story thing. You never really get to feel this character's. God, I wish you loved insanity. this movie
0: because I would just like to come at you and go like, "Okay, answer these questions to see." If oh somebody, no, no, I, I always, I, we I need somebody. Not, I, we need somebody who loves this movie to defend it. I, you know, again, box office wise, people are going to see it. It's going to make a lot of money. You know, just like Police Academy Four did. You know, it's, I always go back to that. But it's, do you have anything else positive? No. <laughs> All right, <and> that's, <laughs> no, I that's do not. fine. The you know. I will say, here's some questions that I found. I was looking online, looking for different things and what I related to. And first off, I I like, I understand. Here's a clever thing. I'll give them this too. You have Thomas Hart, Tom Hardy, and you want to see his face, or at least Sony wants to see his face. Sony is like, we got to show that. Uh, You know, Marvel has come up with the way, like, if anybody's got a mask, we can have the nanotechnology go. Face on, face off. Face on, face off. Or if it's Tony Stark, we can see from his view inside the screen. And in this one, instead of having Venom's face come on and off, on and off, they've come up with a way of having the goo come out of his back, and there's the Venom head talking to him like a giant snake. So you can I'm see okay them both. I'm okay with that too. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's clever for them,
1: but it doesn't really, you know, that's that's about it for me. You know, what I mean, it's like I do I, question, I would rather, you know, whatever. I do question going based off of that because we get to hear Venom's voice a lot. When can people hear Venom's voice and when they cannot hear Venom's voice?
0: Welcome to my first plot hole unanswered question sequence. In addition to not hearing him, which you can let that go and say it's in his head. That part you can let go. Here's my question, or the question the internet raises. Why can't people see Venom's goo? There are scenes throughout the movie where his, outside of his jacket, again, it's the magic of all this goo is coming through the jacket. Is the jacket part of the goo? Is the clothes part of the goo? Obviously, when Venom gets totally covered, he can make a giant hole in his chest where Eddie's chest is supposed to be. Or when Carnage goes from the one side of the insane asylum wall to the other, and Eddie, you know, and clearly he's going through some sort of little vent. Clearly, Woody Harrelson, and the the symbiote. You have to let this go, but it mm-hmm. must turn everything that the the. The person, the host he's on, must turn them into his own material, bones, brain, everything, down to a cellular level so that they can become elastic or goopy, including the clothes, which is fine. But that's fine. But the the idea of why can't anybody see this? There are huge sequences in this movie where he's walking around, including the, the scene when he's at the costume. I like how they established. I do like this. I like how in that costume, when they're at that party and he's walking around, and he's around other giant costumes. So I'm like, okay, that's good. That explains why people aren't freaking out by him. But there are scenes where like he falls to the ground and the host body dumps out and then there's like someone quivering on the ground. It's like nobody sees it. And it's in a lot of spots in the movie where that little bit of a goopy head or arm comes out of him.
1: Why doesn't anybody see that? Question 2. Um I, what what what's I guess playing Devil's Advocate because it, I, I think it's a I, I, don't, I never thought about it, so it's not a big issue for me. But, like, what do you do with that? If someone sees it, they go, oh my God. And now we got to follow that person's storyline of trying to tell the news that they saw something. Or, like, I don't know what else to, like, that doesn't advance the story or tell me, a diff- tell me a story at all about goo. And especially for, I mean, I don't think we're, I don't know if we're living in a world with other superheroes. Is this the only one in this world universe? I, I mean, if there, if we live in a universe where there's also the Hulk exists, exists, like okay, well then people are, have seen more stuff. Of so I don't know. Again, I think it's a, I think it's a it's a good it's an interesting plot hole, but I don't necessarily think it changes much. No, it but it's like we do see enough.
0: Why aren't after the sequence of Venom one, we are told in this movie that the feds are looking in on him? They're checking him out. But they're really not like there's no monitoring of the FBI on there. Like, why is nobody he's able to do all of this? This is a small part, but let's ask it. I mean, even to the point when at one point, Eddie reveals all of these serial killer victims and then nobody goes, hey, uh, wasn't he around when people were dying last year? That's completely, there. It, there's no, I never feel at this movie, even up to the end when they go, Eddie's got to get away, he's got to go to the Tropic Island somewhere because they're after him. It's like, we never see anybody but the one detective having anything to do with him. It's sloppy
1: writing, and it doesn't have any real world. I never felt like, oh my gosh, he's in danger. I felt more in the first movie than in this one. I agree with that. Even though they did have a line in the movie that says, we can't do much, the FBI's watching us. But he's or, but monitoring us. But they're not. But you're right. It's, it, it, there's, it's never a... Threat, or never a, a presence in the
0: movie. All right, question three: Venom being the lethal protector, which is a phrase right out of the comic books. That's one of the things like they tried to sell was, is in, clearly in that party scene,
1: he's got those host bodies. Does he kill those? Do the symbiote kill those other humans? My understanding is they get worn out because they're not a fit, and so they end up just. Passing out on him. They look they like they're work. on the verge of dying. They do look like they're on the verge of dying, but I don't think. But they again, are. he's got to be a hero. Because so that being really said, then the the lady who runs the shop should be had too. Yes. Yeah. So what a weird character. Yeah. Good fun scene though. For, ironically enough, like when Venom's there, I think that was a, a entertaining scene. That was an
0: okay scene. You're right. That's a good call. Uh, but also, remember, I was I was talking with Nick about this. Stan Lee did make a cameo in the first one,
1: and he makes a cameo on this one. As a uh, on a newspaper, yes, he did a magazine. But he actually as, was as in Stan the movie. Lee. He
0: was in the last movie. Actually, there. Yes. Uh, question: how, Remember we, I remember this question. Carnage. Carnage is able to like use his hacking ability. <laughs> we never see this ever anyplace else except for when he needs to, like go into a laptop and he's zip and he's using the. That was a little.
1: Um, I think Venom does that too, though. Does he? Yeah. Okay, then that helps that. I'm okay with that. I mean, we're living in a, a Marvel universe where an a arrow can go into a USB port and do all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, whatever. Fair enough. That's good. <laughs> yes.
0: So, kind of the... Those were, those were my main questions. Obviously, the character of Detective Mulligan, who is the one who's chasing him, was played by Joel's favorite... Uh, Boardwalk Empire Al Capone? Al Capone guy, yes, who's a a British actor from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and a billion other things. He is a character in the comic books who eventually becomes a character called Toxin. Guess what? It's kind of a goopy symbiote character. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Uh, so that's supposed to be, I guess, a hint towards that at the end for some reason. It's hard to tell. His eyes glow. So
1: we'll see if that happens. Uh, a, m- a missed opportunity would have been to include him in the first movie somehow. So he becomes a character that we knew and we can sympathize with a little bit more because we spent more screen time with him. Possibly. I, another part I did like was when Venom finally sees Carnage
0: and he goes, oh, and he's like, you know, I'm not messing with the red one. Mm-hmm. I'd like that. I actually like that. They didn't explain it, and I don't think they had to. And I've heard people say, "Oh, what's the connection? Why does that the Carnage version, you know, hate Venom? Why? We don't really know." Well, there's why. a
1: family thing going on there, but yeah. I, but I, I did I, like I that. Know.
0: Venom was like, "Oh, we don't mess with that," and I was like, "Well, that's kind of cool." I guess it may be something from the comic I never read by, but yeah. You know, they're crazy. Speaking of
1: going back to the detective really fast, I also again positives. I like that he was the cop that originally shot her, and then you find that out like, oh, that's why he has the hearing pieces in. I didn't connect that right oh, away.
0: Oh, I I did as soon as well as soon as they showed him with the the hearing aid the very first time. I'm like, "Oh, it must be cuz cuz that other cop who we see him as a young man, they showed his name tag. So, I'm um, I was I, I was I, I, that. I focused once the camera I was like, "I wonder why." Cuz the actor then, doesn't look anything like no, the younger of version that. of the actor. Speaking of actors, the woman who plays Shriek, you know, that's Money Penny from the new Bond films.
1: Yeah, I think she's fine. Again, this is one of she those She looks
0: just like the 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 uh voodoo the Caribbean. Didn't she? Maybe yeah. it's because of the oh, yeah. eye makeup and the hair, the dreadlocks, but it was like, oh my god, I thought that's but that actually
1: that's another actress who's famous, whose name is escaping me right now. I thought it was again a, a superhero trope that used to be a thing where it's like, hey, now we have the sequel. We need to have two villains. <laughs> you know, more villains means more action.
0: But yeah. Again. Well, that you know what? That's a great point. Let's let's switch to that. So what that really means is this movie. Aside from the special effects being well done, this movie is, bam, right out of 2003. It feels like something made in the 2000s, the early, the Fantastic Fours, the X-Mens, the early Spider-Mans. All of those films had a feeling, not the Christopher Nolan ones, of just, this felt like that. It's like, we're not going to really, you know, you know, you know, picture a bunch of <coughs> Amy Pascal Sony executives going, Ah, it's good enough. Go with it. Just don't worry about it. Go with it. Kids like this, like the bang and the
1: splash and the boom. And that's what it felt like. It felt written by committee. It very much felt written by committee. Like, they they tried to get all, like, how we. That's why, I don't know about you, but it felt like every shot in this movie was like, they probably got done and go, oh, we could use that in the trailer. Oh, we could use that in the trailer. Oh, we could use that in the trailer. They don't get, I I feel like
0: they don't, and probably a good percentage of Hollywood doesn't realize when they don't know what Kevin Feige... And uh, the other two, oh God, I'm sorry. Luis who's Esp- Esposito. Yeah, and uh, Alonzo, the last name's Alonzo, the other, the, the woman, the three of them, yes. you don't realize how incredible they are. And what? Hollywood doesn't realize how incredible they are, so they keep going, well, we can do what they're doing. And they're still doing what's been done for decades and not realizing, oh, these guys, I've actually done something different, and that's why it keeps succeeding. And they keep thinking, "Well, maybe it's succeeding just because it's a comic book character. Maybe they're not putting the
1: effort, they're not giving the love to
0: it, and it just it shows." In
1: everything and they, they say, do. They, "They said, I believe it was the director of Black Widow. He might, he might have been the one that said that, or she might have been the one that said that. Was that where Kevin has his most influence is is in the edit? He's a part of the edits." And that makes sense. Like it gives it that feel. It gives it that storytelling feel. This reminds me of John Lasseter and why the why the Pixar early Pixar films are so so good. It's because he had his fingerprints all over him. And even in the pre-work, a
0: because they do so much previs. That one complaint filmmakers have had when they come to Marvel products projects is when it comes to the action scenes, they're basically just redoing whatever the previs is because they've already done that even before they get on the the movie, unless you're. Taika Waititi or one of the directors has a little more pull or, you know, depending on how that is, they still have a previs team that's putting together this stuff. And because that's the Marvel, the Marvel has built this studio that's wor- and it's working. And until it doesn't work, they're going to keep doing it and they're showing how it's done. And the other studios aren't figuring mm-hmm. it out. And this is the perfect example. Again, this is a perfect example that's going to go straight to the bank again.
1: But, you know, speaking of special effects in this movie, I have a couple of, uh, problems that I had. First of all, I, didn't think, I thought Carnage was meh at best. I, I, I read some. How many times can they the scream at the camera? I wish they could have... Exactly. Oh, ah, I a, wish Jesus. they could have made him redder. <laughs> you know, brighter. Let's see. Plus, that goes into the whole thing. Most of the sequences in this movie are at nighttime or in the dark. So that's one of their... It was better than the previous quick.
0: one where the black venom went up against the black-gray venom creature. <laughs> Which, again... We don't even remember the name. Oh, you, yeah. you, the guy who loves that movie. No, I never said I loved it. it. I you just said, just said it was your it was, favorite I said it was movie fine. ever of all time. I've got it on a podcast. I said it was fine.
1: Not the way I'm going to this this. Not <laughs> <laughs> that movie was the greatest. <laughs> Do you want? Also, I thought this. I, I, got this feeling, and I never mentioned it. Is, is this just you know the Sony's version of the Natural Born Killers? Because it's Woody yeah, Harrelson going I around killing people as a serial killer. <laughs>
0: Let's take a look at some real fast uh, easter eggs here uh, we've got the talk about mutations with Shriek which makes people think oh mutants there's X-Men they're finally coming here and everything but you know it's just mutation I don't know about that uh, we've got Ravenscroft which is the arc. it's basically their version of Arkham Asylum it's from a 1991 issue of Spectacular Spider-Man we have as you mentioned we see Stanley's Lee's face uh, you know in the magazine, what was it at? It was in the shop. It was on yes, a magazine yeah, cover yes. as as Stan Lee. Yes. We talked about, we see the Daily Bugle. We see the phrase, the lethal protector. And, you know, the, there was kind of like swipes at Spider-Man. There's that scene where there's a spider in there and it gets squished. Origins. Or Exactly. Or when there is the sequence uh, where the symbiote says responsibilities is for the mediocre, which as opposed to, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. A little bit of that there. Eh, but nothing else jumps out like really super comic be until we get to what we'll talk about at the end, which I'm real close to that. I think I'm 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 ready to get to the end, which is the only reason we went to go see this movie. Well, I do want Well, me
1: anyways. If if this movie what if exists in the MCU as in as an Easter egg, and I mentioned this earlier, and I've did my I've done my research, and mm. the reason I'm going to bring it up again is that I have a reason. This would be the first f bomb dropped. Okay. At the end, and the reason I bring that up is because Disney has always had this attitude of, no, you know, you know PG thirteen is the highest we'll go. But we always have to question: How will Deadpool? Work I'll never question. This. In, or, or you know, the any other Marvel movie that wants to be darker, Punisher, anything like that? How will exist without getting an R rating? and this pushes that boundary a little bit it opens up the door potentially a little bit more so we'll see what happens i think it's something to keep where i'm curious at how they can do movies with that are pretty heavy in subject like a no, puncher. Okay. i it get would
0: it be G-13. it's it's a subject you're interested in me personally I could care less. Would you be happy a with a PG-13? System. I could care less oh. the fact that Daredevil shows up in one of these movies and they go, well, now since he's in the movies, that means those other things there, which they use
1: the F word all the time, so now who cares? Oh, that's cares? fair. That's fair. But would you be happy? This is, again, moving movies coming forward, and that's why I bring it up. Would you be happy with a PG-13 Punisher movie? I'd be fine with a PG-13.
0: Here's the bottom line from my perspective is I feel that it's definitely a subject that you're more interested in I am. I don't mean to dismiss it. But I feel like we've covered it, I guess, as much as I wanted to. But you wanted to keep going, which I shouldn't dismiss. I guess I shouldn't dismiss. I just I just at the en- at the end of the conversation, I'm like the movie, the mo- this movie didn't give enough for me to warrant to care that much about it, I guess. I agree.
1: I I mean, I, this movie is not a movie where it should be, it's not groundbreaking, it's not setting standards, it's not doing anything like that. And I'm trying to find things within this movie to, you know, wow, look this, they did this, or they tried to do this, and it it, it moves cinema forward, or it moved the MCU forward, or it did anything of that nature. And that's just me looking for something like that. And maybe this is it. I I, I don't know. Well, I, I this reminds me of an opinion I saw, uh, the other day or today, where Kevin Smith is like, we don't give enough love to Iron Man three. Shane Black was in, It was the first time Marvel did a an auteur film, and that's how we get you know Thor Ragnarok, and you get Captain America, Winter Soldier, and you get these auteurs doing it. And I'll be like, yeah, but it's still a crap film. <laughs> Just because it did that doesn't make it a better film. Which I guess true. is kind of going to what we're saying here. <laughs> So speaking
0: of the last thing of being a positives, we're going to now talk about the reason we went to this. I did not know what was going to happen. Now we're going to talk about the post credit scene. Uh, so if you don't really want to know what happens, skip this part somehow and go see the movie jump 10 minutes or just go to the end or just call it a day so here we go this is the post credit which by post credit it's mid credit there was nothing at the end of the movie which would then actually be a post credit this is what's called a mid credit or one minute into the credits they decided to put an extra scene for as opposed to putting it there and in this scene i did know going into this that there is a connection to the mcu that's what i knew and that's why we went to see it in fact nick said he was never going to see this movie, and he would like to not know that there was a connection. But if he didn't know that there was a connection, he never would have seen the movie.
1: You know, so- <laughs> well, that's funny because the only re- the only reason I saw the first Venom movie, and we talked about it, I'm like, what if this connects to the MCU at some point? <laughs> so know? I'm
0: hoping that this will be a connection where they can go, okay, they can still keep making these crappy movies over in this other universe, occasionally bring the character over here. Have a Marvel writer do a good job with the character, and then maybe send it back. It's very, sure. you know, kind of like how, not 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 that example, but look at the example of the CW shows where they were all set in different universes, and you know, the, the Supergirl was in her own one because she was on CBS, and these other ones were over here, and this one's on HBO Max. And then they decided, oh, this is too much work. Let's just put them all in the same universe so we don't have to worry about it. And that's kind of what they did. Well, what we're talking about here is the post, the mid-credit scene, where Eddie Brock is having another comedy bit in the some dumpy hotel in the Bahamas somewhere and Venom and Venom says, I'm going to enlighten you with all this information about, you know, what he's absorbed over millennia or whatever, the hive mind. But before that can happen, like it's really confusing. Like why would they choose to do that? Like ask this question going to reveal this moment and then do something completely different. And then having to cover that by Venom going, "That wasn't me doing it. It's like, what a weird But what ends up happening is he gets into a much better hotel room and on television, as is the J. Jonah Jameson character. And we've seen Tom Holland's Spider-Man on screen in a sequence where obviously now the character of Eddie Brock and Venom are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Venom, for some weird reason, licks the screen and some sort of connection like, oh, look at that, guys. He's after Peter Parker by licking a screen. And then we cut to a guy walking into the you know coming out of the bathroom going what are you doing there and then they show Eddie on the ground with no venom again and that's how it ends and even even the scene itself is in a lot of ways garbage but it's the implication of now we're in the Marvel universe is why we saw it we wanted to see how they did it why they did it what's going on with that and like I said I think the scene itself is kind of garbage it does move it forward we're like now all right, now
1: he's here. Let's see how they handle it. But what did you think of it? So I've done some research on this scene, trying to figure out what's going on here and what people think. It's interesting because, the, first of all, the symbiote hive mind is con- like the Borg. They're connected over you know the u- universe or universes, as they say, multiverses. I guess you could also say it that way. And that's really an interesting thing, because why does he lick the screen? Well, it's because he's, is he connected to a symbiote mind who's in this universe, who knows that Peter Parker is the bad guy who always foils Venom in other universes, you know, whatever. I mean, it gets, it gets really complex, and I don't know if they're going to go that that's complex. That's interesting, but that seems like stretch. But what I do like is the idea that we don't know when this scene happens. We don't know if it's happening during... Uh, Doctor Strange, or uh, Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie coming out. We don't know if it's happening during WandaVision. We don't know a lot of these things. But we get to see someone coming from one universe to the other, and that gets me really excited for the Spider-Man movie, because are we going to hop back into the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans and see what's going on there? We're going to get a Ralph
0: Boner situation.
1: And all of a sudden they pop over into our universe. Are we going to get X-Men movies? There's a lot of possibility here, and I think this is another door opening into this, and I'm excited for it. And I do agree with you, though, like, this scene doesn't do much other than people like you and me get really excited, like, oh, my God. And then also Tom Holland. I was
0: more excited when Quicksilver came over on WandaVision. And that... And that was Quicksilver. Us. They're going to eventually reveal that in Doctor Strange 2, that that's really the real Quicksilver. I'm telling you. I hope you. so. That would, be, that would be... If they don't, then it's really stupid. Yeah, because I... A boner joke. Get out of here.
2: Get out of here. <laughs> but so... yes,
0: the question of when is this happening? Is he watching a J. Jonah Jameson InfoWars type of Daily Bugle on television? Because it is different footage. Saying, so it's later, so it's not happening at the same time as the end of Far From Home. This mm-hmm. is another one where they're just reusing the same footage. So therefore... Uh, no, what, actually, I
1: think it's different footage.
0: Yeah, but I mean he's showing you know but it's him talking about it again, is what I'm saying. So is the result of this something that's going to happen in from the results of Wandavision? Is it the result of the end of Loki? Is it the results of what's going to happen in Spider-Man No Way Home? Is it the results of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? We don't know. They've given us four or three, if you don't want to count Doctor Strange. You count just three. There's three events. That could be the result of all
1: of the multiverse, and they haven't. And we're not even talking about yet. the TV show "What If"? <laughs> Who knows if that if that will tie in in any way, shape, or form? Yes, but that's for a different podcast. Yes, it is.
0: All right, so that's the result. That's the reveal. I are you gonna have are you gonna watch this movie again? No, no, no. I no, I probably look at that scene again. It'll show up online at some point. I'll go. Oh yeah, there it is. He's licked the screen. But there's nothing in here that makes me want to watch it again. It's not the worst film I've ever seen at no. all. It was no. just meh, mediocre. It's not a Catwoman. It's uh, it's not a Blade. Blade was better. Catwoman was worse. This is is this movie uh, like Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver yeah. Surfer. I think it's right that level. Is it I think it's 3. I, I think it's below the X Men movies, and I'm talking all of the X-Men movies, even the Wolverine Origins, I thought was better than this. Oh, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I think that... Just because
1: Wolverine Origins has that amazing opening scene, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think there's... A, well, under that matter, I think the rise of
0: the Silver Surfer scene when Johnny's chasing the Silver Surfer, that sequence there elevates that movie a full grade just for that moment where he's chasing him. It's, it's a great scene. But, you know, this is at that same level of quality. You, I, I only mentioned this in response to how when we did Shang, Shang-Chi... Or when we did Black Widow, we're like, yeah, they're fine Marvel movies, but they're still great films. We're comparing them to the Marvel mm-hmm. universe, so it's like they're lower tier Marvel, but they're, you know, he- you know, leaps and bounds ahead of all of these other. Oh, the
1: worst Marvel. Marvel movie is still a good movie. Yes, except for in, well, in, except for Inhumans, you which is in a Marvel uh, movie, yeah. but exactly. Okay, well, we did
0: uh, we did this Venom let uh, let there be carnage, so that you you do not have to watch this movie
1: but I did watch it
0: I know sorry about that coming up in the podcast feed we will finally get to how our feelings are for the entire what if series and then after that I believe unless they surprise us with something I think Eternals will be the next movie on there and then the Hawkeye TV series and then the book of Boba Fett and Spider-Man No Way Home so those are what's up in the future also a little bit down the road will be Fantastic Bo- Fantastic Beast 3 can they, can, can they oh, still be God. hiding in Dumbledore's closet underneath a rope somewhere? We don't Boo. know. It's a great title. Why are they calling it the Fantastic Beasts movies when it has nothing to do with beasts anymore? All right. Ending on a positive note there. Because
1: it has to do with Newt Scamander,
0: and he oh, wrote I the sh- book. My mistake. My mistake. You know what I think those movies need? More F-words. <laughs>
1: Just like Star Trek. Yes. All right. I'm Jerry. I'm Joel. Oh, Oh, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you next time.